Jamie Dupree comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. On the Sean Hannity Show. Well, he's not in the Hill in Washington, D.C. today. He's at the big debate in Wisconsin, and uh, he's on the ground and doing what he does best, and that is bringing us behind the scenes. What's going on back there? Hey, Sean. I am at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Panther yeah. Arena, which is used, obviously, now by UWM, but was used for many years by the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm told that Lou Alcindor actually played here uh, as a rookie. Wow. Lou Alcindor, who eventually became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're right. And then in my hotel last night, there were some rather tall men in my uh, hotel elevator. I found out they were members of the Boston Celtics. Who Did were, you say uh, hi? Playing. No, because I didn't want to just say hi to somebody I didn't you know. You should have said, no I'm the were. Jamie Dupree. I, this is me. <laughs> I did uh, I did recognize a guy named Marcus, uh, was it Marcus Johnson, who played at UCLA and then with the Bucks. He was uh, right. working for the Bucks now. And actually, the, the Bucks are playing the Celtics next door tonight. So downtown Milwaukee, oh, it's not be a mess. zero for politics, but also for an NBA game. Now, just, just so, so you know, you know that, that just shows Jamie's stays in the really expensive hotels where all the pro basketball players stay in. <laughs> that was it was a pretty lucky thing actually because when I got here they yeah. said Mr. Dupree we don't have um your, your room your uh, I've had that happen a bunch. And I said did I make it a wrong hotel? No, you made it for Tuesday uh, for Wednesday and Thursday night. <laughs> oh boy. So I was a little off and they were able to squeeze me in. Yes. Uh, maybe one of the players stayed home sick and you got lucky. You <laughs> yes. got the big player suite, presidential suite only for Jamie. No, you know it's funny I go in all these tennis tournaments with my my kids and you're staying at these rinky dink hotels everywhere and uh you know I'm, i i could care less if you have a television a bed and a place yes. where a fast food place nearby i'm happy i don't need anything no, else. i have to tell you i got in my hotel last night and i've noticed in hotels more and more that they didn't have no to have lights on the ceiling it's just individual lights isn't that annoying there was, there I was hate no that. light on my desk and there was no light over by the chair so all there was was the one little light in between the two beds and i finally went down to the front desk and said please I need a lamp. I can't even write at my laptop. In, oh, uh, prima donna member of the media. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I'm in here in the press filing center. You know, it's filled. We have about 500 seats this time. All right, I'll give you $1,000 to your favorite charity if you stand up and yell out, Sean Hannity says that all of you are part of the liberal media. Yeah, but I, I don't think that I'm, would work. Too I'm joking. Well. Yeah. yeah, I don't think no, that would go well. No, but it's they have some. Uh, there are some live positions here for some of the TV networks and and things like that. So we're not in again. We're not in where the debate's going to take place. And actually, we're not even in where the spin room is. That's in another room. So this is uh, the the big spot for Ground Zero here in terms of politics, as well, most of D.C. has simply come to Milwaukee. Let me ask if you agree with my analysis. I I don't think Jeb Bush had really good appearances in the prior three debates. To me, he has. The most to gain and lose tonight. I don't know if it's the most to lose tonight, but I do think that you are probably onto something that if he does not have a good performance tonight or even just a middling performance, you start to wonder whether is it just going away. Remember how Scott Walker had those two sort of blah debates? There was nothing wrong with anything Scott Walker did, but he just sort of trailed off. Now, uh, we had one Republican from Congress, Sean Duffy of Wisconsin, who, you know, local guy who came by here and talked with us earlier. He's a Rubio supporter, so I'll put that on the table first. But it, and Duffy said that he thought that if, if Bush did not have a good debate tonight, then he thinks the money will start drying up for him and then he could be out of the race. And I don't think you can discount something like that because, as we've talked about, Bush, certainly his poll numbers have not been going in the right direction. All right. I think a lot of things. Now, you and I both agree on this one thing. A lot of people think it's what people take out of the two-hour debate. That's usually not the case. People usually take the moment. Who, what matters yep. in debates are moments. And people are remembered for good moments or bad moments. I mean, yep. Rick Perry, his whole campaign in 2012, Oops. literally disintegrated because he didn't remember one of the cabinet 
I guess one of the the branches that what, what was it? That the departments that he yes. wanted to uh, get rid of, and that became a huge moment. I thought it was such a little thing. It didn't mean that much to me, but it meant a lot to you a know, lot of other it people. It is those unscripted moments, good and bad, that I do think crystallize something about candidates. And even if you thought it was little, it, it just sort of mounted up for Perry. You know, we've had little moments so far. Tonight, I do expect that we're not going to have the infighting between the moderators that we had in the last debate, I don't think. But I do think that maybe with extra time being allocated for people to answer questions and for rebuttals, then I will be interested to see if the moderators from both the Wall Street Journal and Fox Business, if they try to bore in more on these candidates for details on what they want to do. I mean, it's really easy to say, oh, I'm for spurring new job growth or I'm for this or that. But it's a little more difficult to actually drill down and start talking about that. And but there are fewer people it, on the debate stage. There's, what, yes. eight? So that gives more time for everybody. But you, you now get up to 90 seconds for an initial answer and instead of 60 and up to 60 seconds for a rebuttal instead of just 30. So even though there are fewer people, 8 on the stage versus 10 in the last debate, I could still see where maybe it might not come off that easily in terms of time because a lot of people can use up even more time now in their in their responses, whether it's a direct I, I think question or a rebuttal. It, it depends. I think people will be able to notice, though, if they're trying to run out the clock. If you watch interviews yep. with Obama, he's become the master at running out the clock. And well, also, I would say that if you get into a 90-second answer and you don't really know what you want to say, it will be very obvious as well. Because no. in, in radio news, my reports, I, I mean, there is such a big difference between doing something that is 20 seconds long and 30 and 40 and 60 and 90. It's a whole different thing. And uh, I'm again, I'm going to be interested to see what the moderators do to press for details and fine print about what they want to do in terms well, of One thing Neil Cavuto said in an interview, and he's one of the debate moderators tonight, is that the best debates from his perspective, and I agree with him, are the debates where the moderators don't play that big a role, but they oh, get yeah. the discussion going. Yeah, they, they get it out there and lay it on the table, but they do guide things. You can't, I, I don't think in this, these guys are too good to just sort of throw them out there and let them talk and, and not yeah, push I agree. them along. But I, I Every think once in a while, you got to sort of try to push them in the summit. Now, are we going to see the them pitting two people against each other like we've seen in the other debates? I, I don't know if we'll see that, but I, I still think but, it but is important think, to compare and contrast. Don't you think the 90-second answer, the one-minute rebuttal, lends itself to more substance right out off uh, the Not necessarily. Not if the candidate's not ready. And sometimes I'm not sure these guys are ready uh, for in-depth uh, in stuff like that. Uh, we'll see. It sounds like it should be that way. Oh, I need more time to talk about what I want to do. But uh, I'm not so sure about that, Sean. We'll see. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm expect. I think that a lot has been learned from that CNBC debate, and I think that that was a tipping point moment. And I, I would expect, and I know Neil is a good friend of mine, and I, I know that he, he really is committed to being fair, and I know the economy means a lot to him, and I know he has a lot of knowledge about the economy. So we'll see. Uh, uh, Rance Priebus was in today, and I asked him, yeah. I said, uh, hey, two weeks ago, you had to come out into the press uh, room and, and say you didn't like what just went on with the CNBC debate. Yeah. And he sort of laughed, and I said, what if it happens tonight? He said, well, if it happens, I'm going to go home to my house in Kenosha because he's from Wisconsin. Right. He goes south of Milwaukee, and I'm not going to come out. So he was uh, pretty emphatic in telling reporters a little while ago here in the news media room that he thinks that things will be a lot better than that CNBC debate two weeks ago. Well, I think it's inevitable at this point. I mean, it can't really get that much worse. Um, let's talk about the, the different candidates, what we can expect. This is what I'm looking at. Um, I guess one question is, would the media become a part of the story? My guess is no. I think you probably agree with that. Is Trump yeah. going to go after Carson? Is Jeb going to continue his uh, anti-Rubio narrative? Is he going to go after him? Will, will Trump shine in a debate on the economy? Um, it, will Marco and Ted keep their streaks going in terms of having good debates? 
Uh, Marco Rubio first is standing in between Trump on his left and Bush on his right. So that's sort of an interesting alignment there. I don't know if it'll spur anything. I don't think personally that Trump goes after Ben Carson. I, I, think I don't that, think that, so either. I think that's I mean, not going to happen. Two weeks ago, and I don't think it really goes unless unless by some reason Ben Carson attacks him. I, I just don't think Trump's going to do that because it doesn't help him. I don't think Carson's going to lash out at anybody. Now, here's one thing for the moderators. Do they bring up Ben Carson's recent sort of battles with the media in any way in a question, or do they stay away from that? There was uh, some of my uh, friends went over to an event. There was supposedly going to be an event here in Milwaukee with Carson this morning. All the embeds from the new, from the network showed up, a lot of reporters, some backers, but Carson never showed up. So I, I don't know if there was a miscommunication or what went on there. But still, I would be surprised to see him go on the attack. He has said he wants more time. Well, he'll get more time tonight. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I would think that a lot of candidates probably learn from what Ted Cruz did the, the other night. And I, I've got to imagine that as these candidates are preparing that they're probably trying to anticipate or have moments prepared in their head. Now, whether they sure. pull it off, whether the timing is right, that is an entirely different thing. Yeah, listen, it's like uh, this. I, I compare this to a football game. You go in with a game plan. There are things you want to stress. There are things you want to do. There are plans of attack that you have. But you and I both know, Sean, sometimes in the heat of the moment, all those plans go out the window or you never get a good, uh, you know, question lobbed your way or whatever, and you're not able to get into that. That's why those unscripted moments at times, pro and con, can be so important in these debates because they do show you in that moment where you aren't ready with an answer, but you're ready to knock one out of the park. We've seen that with some candidates are able to do better in those kind of uh, positions than others. You know, you think about economics. You'd have to think about job creation and other ideas that all these candidates have. How can they get those out in a not only a cogent way, but a way that that sets them apart from others here on the stage? You've got eight in the main debate, four in the pre-debate. Let's face it, the main debate guys are going to get most of the attention, along with Carly Fiorina, not the four in the pre-debate. All right, let me ask if the candidates done their walkthrough yet. Yeah, some of them have. I haven't seen any of the uh, the video. They haven't shown us that, whereas they, they showed us that before. John Kasich was next door this morning in the, the arena that's next door shooting baskets. He was in the shoot-around with the Milwaukee Bucks this morning. Uh, so I know some of the candidates have been around. Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio were here a day early. Yesterday, they both did events uh, in the suburbs of Milwaukee. Jeb Bush actually appeared with uh, Governor Scott Walker, who used to be in the race. And then Marco Rubio had an event with supporters and then went to a fundraiser for a top. Is that an endorsement by Walker? No, it was not. And and Walker has been asked, you know, is he going to endorse anybody? And he said no. It reminds me of last uh, the last debate in Colorado interviewed Senator Cory Gardner on the afternoon of the debate. And we said to him, you know, are you endorsing anybody? No, no, no. And then he endorsed Rubio a few days after the debate. It sort of strikes me that Governor Walker is just sort of staying on the sidelines, going to have this debate hosted in his state. And then maybe soon after, we'll see if he gets in. Yeah. A, uh, the court, big blow to Obama and his yes. overreach on executive amnesty. And they're now saying they're going to take it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And that sets up this. Uh, think about it. If the, if the U.S. Supreme Court accepts the case, and I mean, they don't have to because uh, it's just on an injunction. But if they do accept it and we have arguments, I would assume those arguments would be in March or even in April of next year. And that would set up then a ruling by the high court at the end of June. And both of those times would be right in the middle of the race for the White House. It would be a big, big deal, obviously. If you read the ruling by the, the, the two judges in favor with one uh, 
uh, uh, dissenting. They uh, basically argue that not only has the administration overstepped its bounds, but it doesn't have the power to do this in terms of executive action. So we'll see. The, the, the Justice Department, it sounds like, is ready to go to the U.S. Supreme Court, and then the next step will be up to the justices. You only need four if you get asked to take up a case like that. You only need four to say, yes, let's take it up to have arguments. And, of course, the Politico article today that it looks like the email server scandal of Hillary now has gone up to a whole new level. They quote... Uh, Tom Fuentes, former assistant director of the FBI, saying this sounds like it's more than a preliminary inquiry now. It sounds like a full-blown investigation. As I always tell you, this is the wild card. You know, you just never know what might happen when you get the FBI involved. It's not the Justice Department. This is the FBI. And I think that uh, Democrats know that certainly it could be something that uh, could just go away. Or, boy, it could drop like a bomb on Hillary Clinton at some point in time as well. Now, don't you wish this was a Fox News Channel debate because I could get you anywhere you want to go? I mean, don't why you, don't, don't you, you like it? You should be here anyway. You should be at every one of these debates. No, I should. But why? Because I, so I can get cordoned because off and taken out? it's the center of the political universe. Because you should be broadcasting from right here. Jamie, Jamie, I will, be, I will walk in that room and I will be taken out in handcuffs. Don't you understand oh, no, no. how proprietary these, these networks are? They don't want other networks doing shows from there. Well, you could do it across the street, out on the street corner. It could work. And you think I'm going to get Donald Trump to walk across the street and Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio to walk across the street? I mean, it's not uh, going to happen. It'd be a good test. I bet you a lot of them would. They might, but, you know, I don't even want to ask him that. It's probably pretty cold in Wisconsin. Uh, yes, and they and and it's again like it was in Boulder. It is freezing cold in here right now, and I don't know why it has to be so cold to cover a presidential debate. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. See you tomorrow, Sean. All right, buddy. See you tomorrow.